This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The only time that is important is what the Bible calls now in 2 Corinthians 6.2, 2 Corinthians 6.2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So just as it was for those cities, it's for an individual. Yesterday is irrelevant. Tomorrow is irrelevant. The only time that's important is today. Today, which is what the Bible says in Hebrews 3.7. Hebrews 3.7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the temptation. So God has this term, limits, limits. I told you, when, I, when I'd be in Japan, and my colleague there, my Japanese colleague, would tell me that, you know, we better get going. He always had this phrase. He says, time is limited, time is limited. He'd say, we gotta get going. You know, we gotta get on the, on the subway. We gotta get on the train. We gotta get to this hospital. We gotta get to this company. And he would always say, time is limited. That's what God says. Time is limited in Hebrews 4, 7. Hebrews 4, 7. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. No one knows. Those cities didn't know. No one knows the day, the moment, when it's gonna be over of the death. But once the appointment with death is met, and there is an appointment for each of us, the next appointment is with judgment. Hebrews 9.27, Hebrews 9.27. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment might as well have been written like this. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the appointment is judgment. And to die without Christ is to meet an angry God in judgment. And Hebrews 10.31 says that's not good. Hebrews 10.21 says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God, of the living God. So because of all this, God has a great heartache 
especially over his people, over the Jewish people. This just breaks God's heart. And he says in Deuteronomy 5.29, Deuteronomy 5.29, he says, God says, oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me, that they would keep all, all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. He goes on, God goes on in Deuteronomy 32.29. He doesn't let this go. Deuteronomy 32.29. He says, oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. Psalm 81, 13, Psalm 81, 13. His heart is broken about what they've lost. Psalm 81, 13, all that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways. I should have soon subdued their enemies, turned my hand against their adversaries. Think of the Nazis. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them with the finest of wheat and honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Well, now he's heading to Jerusalem and such a city as Jerusalem, a city, this is a city in the world that's like no other, Jerusalem. This is the one place which is the center of the earth. It's the center of the world. There's only one reason, there's only one reason why Jerusalem is such a great city. And the reason is stated so well in Psalm 48. Psalm 48 is the great is the Lord Psalm. Psalm 48, one says, Psalm 48, one says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, that's Mount Zion, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. This is the reason why Jerusalem is the greatest city on earth. Jerusalem is, Psalm 48.1, Jerusalem is the city of our God. He's the city of our God. Jerusalem is, Psalm 48.2, Psalm 48.2, the city of the great king, the city of the great king. Psalm 87, Psalm 87, verse two says, the Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things of thee are spoken, O city of God. In that verse, it goes on. Sorry, in that Psalm, it goes on. In Psalm 87, Psalm 87, five says, 87, five, and of Zion, it shall be said, this and that man was born in her and the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there. This man was born there. Jerusalem is the city of God. It's the city of God. Jerusalem is great because Jerusalem is the city of the great king, the great king. And who might that king be? That's King Jesus. That's King Jesus. Jerusalem is the city of the great king Jesus. He just happens to be in exile right now from Jerusalem at the moment, but he's gonna come back. He just happens to be, have been crucified in that city, but he's coming back, and he's going to make Jerusalem, what it says in Psalm 48.2, Psalm 48.2, the joy of the whole earth. He's gonna make Jerusalem the flower of the earth because he's not just the king of the Jews. He's not just the king of the Jews. He's God's king. Psalm 2, verse six, Psalm 2, verse six says, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. That was the decree that Jesus heard. I will, the Lord hath said unto me, and then yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Psalm two, 
But one day he's going to come back. He's going to return to a city. He's going to be installed in that city as the, the king of the city. And then it's going to be, like I said, then Jerusalem is going to be this wonderful flower for the, for the earth, for the whole world. But how ironic, how ironic that the greatest proclamation for the city of Jerusalem, which is Psalm 48.2, Psalm 48.2, the city of the great king, how ironic that the greatest proclamation in the city of the great king was given was given, he was identified as the great king of the city by a sign, a sign that was put over him when he was dying in John 1919, John 1919. Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was near to the city and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to, to Pilate, write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered and said, what I've written, I've written. That was the great proclamation to the world. That sign was the great proclamation to the world that this is the great king of Jerusalem. This is the great king from Psalm 48.2. Psalm 48.2, the city of the great king. It was the sign that Pilate put over his cross. It was an official like proclamation to the world that Jesus is the king of the Jews. Jesus is the great king of Jerusalem, and he's the one that's known as, that's why Jerusalem is known as the city of the great king. And the fact that Pilate took the time in trouble, you have to ask yourself the question, we have to ask ourselves the question, why did he write it in three languages? Why did he write it in Hebrew and Greek and Latin? I mean, uh, everybody there understood Hebrew, why not that? He wrote that, and he, after all, if you wanted just to mock and just to say, well, you know, to the Jews, here's your king, then why not just write it in Hebrew? But he didn't. He wrote that in the three major languages of the world because he was writing, he didn't even know, but he was writing an official proclamation. This is the great king of Jerusalem. This is what will make for the world, therefore Greek and Latin, this will make for the world this city to be, Psalm 48.2, the joy of the whole earth, the joy of the whole earth. So Pilate's sign over the cross that Jesus was the great king was the official, was the official sign because when Jesus came into the world, when Jesus came into the world, men who were not Jews, men who were not Jews, but men who were representing the world in the form of wise men came to the city of the great king, they came to Jerusalem and they had a question. And their question is, Matthew 2.2, 2, Matthew 2.2, 2, where is he? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? So they come with this question, where's the king of the Jews? They come to the city of the great king and they come to Jerusalem. Of course they came to Jerusalem because they knew Psalm 48.2, they knew Psalm 48.2 that Jerusalem was the city of the great king. So they go look for the great king in the, in the city of the great king and they were wise, that's why they were wise in coming to Jerusalem, and they asked, where is the king of the Jews? And so that was the question that was on the table when he was born, and that question was finally answered, finally answered by Pilate. When Pilate answered the question of the wise men with his sign in Matthew 27, 37, Matthew 27, 37, he set up over his head his accusation written, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Wise men? Where's the king of the Jews? Pilate, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Jesus, the king Jew, the king Jew. Think about the Jews, think about the Jews. 
The Jews have made many contributions to the world, many, many contributions to the world. The first treatment for leukemia, a German Jew, Paul Ehrlich from the Ehrlich Institute in, in Germany. The discovery of the structure of DNA, don't think about Watson and Crick, they stole it, from Rosalind Franklin, the Jewish scientist in London, Rosalind Franklin. The polio vaccines, Jonas Salk and Albert Sabin. The theory of relativity, of course, Albert Einstein. Father, the father of plastic surgery, Irving Goldman. The first gasoline car, the first gasoline car, a German Jew, Siegfried Marcus. The discoverer of aspirin in um, Germany, uh, a Jew, Felix Hoffman. The inventor of the match was a Jew, Valobra. The first pacemaker, which is near to my heart. <laughs> the first pacemaker, defibrillator, Paul Zoll. The first color photo ever taken, Gabriel Lippmann. The first Polaroid instant photo, Morris Schwartz. The birth of the whole film industry, Metro-Golden-Mayer, the Fox, the, the Warner Brothers, the TC Fox, Universal Studios, Paramount, all Jews. The first musical records, the first records ever created, Peter Goldman. The first, the record companies, RCA, RKO, all Jews, David Sarnoff. The first record player, Emil Berliner, Jewish. The, the great newspapers, New York Times, the uh, Random House, all started by Jews. The first supermarkets, the first malls, and even the invention of lipstick, one man, Morris Levy. The first Zeppelin, first Zeppelin, David Schwartz. The first walkie-talkie, Alfred Gross. The first remote control, Robert Adler. The first laser, Gordon Gould. The invention of the LED lights that we rely on right now, Zorov Alfarov. The first Duracell battery, Samuel Rubin. The first videotape, Charles Ginsburg. The first memory card came from an Israeli company, SanDisk, Dove Moran. Large companies like Google, Facebook, YouTube, WhatsApp, Oracle, PayPal, Dell, Android, TripAdvisor, all started by Jews. Older companies like Nevia, Levi Strauss, Mercedes car, started by a Jew. Philips, the company Philips, Citroen, Max Factor, Revlon, Fabergé, Helena Rubinstein, Ralph Lauren, Calvin Klein, Guess, Gap, all started by Jews. Starbucks. Haagen-Dazs, Dunkin' Donuts, Hasbro, Toys R Us, Macy's, Blumenthal, Neiman Marcus, Kohl's, Marks and Spencer, John Lewis, and Scannabodies. <laughs> All started by Jews. World of Music, TNTC, too numerous to count. Rodgers and Hammerstein, Leonard Bernstein, Felix Mendelssohn, Johann Strauss, George Gershwin, Irving Berlin, Aaron Copeland, Yasha Heifetz, Yehuda Menuhin, John Denver, Bob Dylan, Neil Diamond, Simon and Garfunkel, Barbara Streisand, Benny Goodman, Gustav Mahler, Andre Previn, Arthur Rubinstein, Joshua Bell, Isaac Stern, Yitzhak Perlman, all Jews and many more. In the world of entertainment, that really is too numerous to count. So many Jews, Jerry Seinfeld, Harrison Ford, Kirk Douglas, Jerry Lewis, Dustin Hoffman, Lauren Bacall, Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow, Paul Newman, Mel Brooks, Jack Benny, Eddie Cantor, Al Jolson, Sylvester Stallone, it's Jewish, Sid Caesar, Tony Curtis, Ed Fisher, Buddy Hackett, Walter Matthau, Harry Houdini, Danny Kaye, Dinah Shore, Phil Silvers, Mike Wallace, Marx Brothers, Walter, Ma Walter Byrne, Victor Borga, Don Francisco, in the Spanish world you'd know, Gigante, Don Francisco, Barbara Walters, John, Joan River, all Jews and many, many more. 200 Nobel Prizes given to Jews. That makes it, the Jews in the population of the world make up 0.19% of the world's population. But the Jews have won 20% of the Nobel Prize winners, Nobel Prizes. That means that they have won 100 times more than any other people group. Jews have made many, many contributions to the world. 
But of all those contributions, there's one Jew that made one contribution to the world, and that contribution far excelled all the other contributions of all the other Jews, and that Jew was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and his single contribution to the world, which was 1 John 2, 2, 1 John 2, 2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That was the greatest contribution that was ever made by a Jew named Jesus Christ, who paid the price for all the sins of the world when he died from 1 Peter 3.18. 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also hath suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. And he does this work, this great work of atonement in the city of Jerusalem with a sign over his head, Matthew 27.37, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And it's written in these three languages, in these three languages, as to say to the world, this is the Jewish Jesus, the savior of the world. And the fact that the sign says, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews, the fact that it was written in three languages was a statement to the world, this is the Jewish Jesus. And below this sign is his greatest contribution to the world. Because below this sign, he is single-handedly taking away the sin of the world. The sign there that it was with there, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews, was saying to the world, this is the Jewish Jesus who with his own blood-stained hands pushes open the gates of heaven so that anyone in the world can now go into heaven, live forever, believing themselves into the king of the Jews. That's amazing. Now, Jesus now gives a command to two of his disciples in verse two. He says, verse two, he says, saying unto them, go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her, loose them and bring them unto me. Okay, so he's telling them, go find a donkey colt. That's his command. He's saying to them, it has to be a young donkey colt. That's necessary. It was a young one, something very, very special, very special, as it says in Mark 11, 2, about this donkey colt, Mark 11, 2. He saith unto them, go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you be entered into it, you'll find a colt tied wherein never man sat. Loose him and bring him. Never person sat on this colt. This was a young donkey no one ever sat on before, never been broken. Naturally, the young donkey would be nervous, so it needed its mother, so the, the, other, the mother was brought along. But this was something new. This was a new donkey because this is all very symbolic because this is gonna be a new king coming into Jerusalem, not like the past rulers, so we need a new donkey that we needed for that. This is gonna be a new time for Jerusalem, a new time for Jerusalem, not like the past, so we need a new donkey. And we're told that when they did this, that this was a fulfillment of prophecy in uh, verse four and five, verse four and five. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass. So actually the prophecy that's referred to here is really a combination of two prophecies. It's two prophecies. This entrance into Jerusalem that's referred to here is two prophecies, one in Isaiah, and another one in Zechariah. So the first part, the first part where it says, tell ye the daughter of Zion, tell ye the daughter of Zion, that's a fulfillment of Isaiah 62.11, Isaiah 62.11, which says, 
Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world, say ye to the daughter of Zion, behold, thy salvation cometh, behold, his reward is with him and his work before him, and they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and thou shalt be called sought out, a city not forsaken. So this is a proclamation, as we're told here in Isaiah 62, it's a proclamation to what's called the end of the world. In other words, this is a proclamation to every tribe, tongue, and nation, to the whole vast world This is a, that they should know, the whole world should know that an announcement is being made in Jerusalem, say to the daughter of Zion, and the announcement is, thy salvation cometh. That's Isaiah 62, 11. Behold, thy salvation cometh, which means that what's being said here is that the whole world should care. The whole world should focus on, the whole world should be occupied with what happens in this city of Jerusalem and the announcement that's being made to the Jewish people, to the daughter of Zion. Because the announcement that salvation is coming to the Jewish people affects the whole world. It affects the whole world because after this announcement that salvation is coming to the Jewish people, then it goes to the whole world as it says in in Romans 1.16, Romans 1.16, which says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to the Jew first and also to the rest of the world. So in Isaiah 62.11, the entrance of Jesus into the city is called thy salvation cometh. In Isaiah 62, 11, thy salvation. The Hebrew word for salvation is yeshach, which has the same root word as Yeshua, So, for the, which is the Hebrew word for Jesus. So in other words, thy salvation cometh is essentially saying the same as your Jesus comes, is coming. He's not called the salvation comes, he's called your salvation comes, thy salvation cometh because he's sent to the Jews. He as a Jew is sent to the Jews, and that's why Israel one day, not today, but in the future, the words of Isaiah 9-6, which we love during Christmas time. We love this verse, Isaiah 9-6 during Christmas time, but actually, this is a prophetic verse where the people speaking are Jews, and Jews do not say this today, but they will one day say, Isaiah 9-6, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So that's why it says, thy salvation come. It's your Jesus. It's your unto us the child is born. It's your unto us the son is given. So Jesus is the salvation of the Jewish people. Jesus is the salvation sent to the Jewish people. And this verse in Isaiah 62, 11 is saying that also, not only is he your salvation coming when he enters into the city, but it also said his reward is with him. His reward is with him. And actually it says the reward is before his face, penaim. It's before his face, literally. So in other words, what is the reward of the Savior? It's eternal life. That's the reward. It's living forever. And the reward of eternal life is before his face. In other words, it has to be gotten by coming to the face of Jesus. 
That's why he said in John 14, 6, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.